This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. This podcast is Shareable. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard, commonly known as the world's most handsome strategist and professional speaker. I'm also a superhero. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single Shareable episode. And that's it. That's the intro. Short and sweet. Let's get to the show. Today on Shareable, Dr. George James. Uh, George, as I call him, because that's his first name and and we're friends, uh, is the Chief Innovation Officer at Council for Relationships. Uh, I'm a board member at Council for Relationships. It's a nonprofit uh, focused on being able to provide mental health services to people in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, regardless of their ability to pay. Uh, It's an organization I'm very proud to be a part of. It's also something that's very exciting for me because I got to meet uh, Dr. George James through our, uh, you know, his work at the council, as well as my work being on the board. We've, We've formed a friendship and talked not just about things that are going on the council. But, you know, outside of that, we talk about all the different things that George is working on, which I'm going to let him fill in. Uh, George is also the CEO of George Talks, where he um, does a lot of work in speaking. He's, you know, um, a public speaker. He's going to be starting a podcast soon, which we'll talk a little bit about on the show. Uh, But for now, I will shut up and I'll let George uh, introduce himself and fill in any of the gaps that I may have missed. Dr. George James, welcome to Shareable. Jeff, you know, thanks uh, for having me on, or I should call you Superhero Jeff, as I call him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's an honor to be here, and I'm grateful to just be on uh, Shareable with you. Uh, just to, to highlight a little bit of my work, I've been doing, uh, I've been a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, and doing this work for about 19 years. I've been at Council for Relationships for about 17, helping individuals, couples, families, deal with all types of life situations that come up. Uh, My heart is really just to help people have more fulfilled, more uh, long-lasting connections. And I do a lot of work with couples. I do a lot of work with uh, men, athletes, uh, entertainers, as well as companies. And throughout the years, I've been able to take my work, not only have that inside the office, the therapy office, but outside to be able to do media work from TV, uh, radio, national, regional, as well as consultant, media consultant, and uh, to write uh, and also to speak. And so these opportunities are all about helping people to strengthen their interpersonal relationships. So I- I'm excited to be here and to talk about some of my work and some of my the things that I love and also just to be here with you. So this is this is good. Yeah, man, you know, in our, uh, in our just off the cuff kind of zoom conversations, I always feel like, man, I should have recorded that. That would have been like a really good episode. We just tend to have, um, I think very, very interesting conversations. I find, um, you know, our, our, um, you know, our, our conversations to be just super rewarding. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today. There's so many different things I want to talk to you about as my introduction, plus your introduction showed you're a very difficult person to truly, uh, I think introduce in, in a single sentence because you have so many different interests. You do so many different things and it's like, they're all connected, but like, it's, it's such a wide breadth of things. And, and it's refreshing for me always to meet someone who, um, who like me is like trying to always take on more than they can potentially, uh, chew. So, I want to start off with innovation. Um, 
because this is something that I don't think that we've actually talked a lot about. Some of the other things that I want to discuss on the show with you today, I think we've we've dabbled in and I want to go deeper in, but I want to start with innovation. So you are the chief innovation officer at Council for Relationships. So I want to talk about that from both the perspective of what your work is, but I want to start with, you know, that kind of a title leads to the question, obviously, how do you think about innovation? What is innovation? And then in your role, how are you trying to bring that kind of a mindset to, to what you're doing for the council? Yeah, Jeff, I, you know, I think the two things that you just said re- really relate. Like, yeah, sometimes it is really hard to kind of like pin down and nail down who I am and what I do. And I know that you experience the same thing. And I think that's what really got me into this role as chief innovation officer. And when I think about innovation, usually sometimes people think about like technology or like you know, being ahead of the curve in lots of different ways. And I agree with that. But the way that I think about innovation, particularly to me, is about creativity. Like, how do you be bring a creative, uh, engaging mind and perspective to whatever field or avenue that you might be in? And for me, how do I bring a creative, uh, open mind to mental health to mental health services, to the work that I do, into the organization that I belong to. And at Council for Relationships, that's been around for like almost like 85 plus years, helping people in their daily life. You know, there are ways that some things are rock solid and you just need to maintain it. And then there's some other things like, okay, what are some ways to be creative or different or innovative about it? And for me, I didn't realize that I've been innovative for a long time. I didn't realize innovation was a part of how I think and operate. You know, I was just someone who would like, well, how can we magnify that? How can we, you know, increase that? What if we did it differently? What if we tried it this way? And I realized that I accepted probably maybe a few years ago when people were using the word a creative. Oh, yeah, you're just a creative. I I didn't really connect that to who I am. And then when I look back, I'm like, I've been a performer in some aspects of my life. I've been a leader. I've been in front of people. Uh, I've been open to being on camera, off camera. I've been willing to do all these different things. And, and sometimes, even though I've been overwhelmed or might be anxious, I've been willing to step out there. And I accepted that part of who I am and what I do is to be innovative, to be creative. And that's what I'm able to do now at Council for Relationships is to help my colleagues like give them almost permission, like to think outside the box, in the box, get rid of the box, do whatever you need to do with the box uh, to, to, and how they do their work. And also think about the organization of how we do our work. And also for myself, right? I've been giving myself permission more and more to just be, try, uh, allow all those parts of me, the creative part, the intellectual part, the academic part, the silly part, whatever, to just be there and see what comes out, which is, I think, why you and I just vibe, because I think that's where we are. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to I put you in a, a role that maybe you're not as familiar with. I mean, you're the, you're the therapist. You work with couples. You work with individuals, with star performers, and we're going to get all, to all that later. But for right now, you're on my therapist couch, oh. and I want to ask you a little bit about where that came from. So I'm, I'm fascinated by 
superhero origin stories, right? Like when somebody has a unique ability, a unique way of looking at the world, something that they do that's just kind of natural to them, you know, it, it takes the form of either maybe they arrived here from Krypton and they were just born that way. That, that's just in their, in the cells of their body. They're a little bit different. They do their thing that way. It could be that they had some sort of event, maybe traumatic or exciting or something that was meaningful, like bitten by a radioactive spider. And then all of a sudden their life is different. Um, and, and they can't, look at things the same way ever again. Or, or sometimes it's just that they saw something in themselves and they wanted to self-actualize and change it in some way. Maybe they're like a Batman type, right? Some, something happened in their life and they decided to train and train and train and train and train to hone a particular skill and develop mastery over it, right? So those are sort of like the three classic superhero origin stories. And you have this natural propensity to be creative. And I often have not really thought about where it comes from in myself. So I want to use you as, as potentially a way for me to gain some insight into my own self, but, but also to hear your story. How do you come to situations with an innovative, creative perspective where is it something that you are deliberate about? Is it something that you naturally do? And where did it come from? Did it start in early age or is it something that you've really honed over time? No, I love that. And I'm always open uh, to be on anybody's couch at any point. <laughs> so, you know, I think about for me, there's there's the bedrock of how I got to be in this work. And I, I think there's two things that I would say is a part of my origin story, maybe even three. Uh, one is my parents. Right? My, I have uh, my parents were from Jamaica, born and raised all my family and then came to the U.S. And there's something about what it takes to move from another country to come to the U.S. to work hard. And they had, you know, little education. My father wasn't able to read. My mother got to the place of like just about finishing high school, took GED, didn't pass. Uh, but I would see them care for people. I would see them give to people. I would see them listen to people. So I, I think I learned care, empathy, connection, uh, just the ability just to be present with people by just watching how my parents would do that. Uh, also, I think a, a core part of that is my faith. I saw that through my parents and how they use their faith to, to help and support other people. And I think how that helped me was also the belief that I could do lots of great things, but really to help other people and support and be of service. And it's, it's just a cornerstone of who I am. But to the point of like creativity, it's not until I look back in my life that I realized I was around like talented people, right? So I grew up in this church where like some of my core friends end up becoming like the lead musicians, right? And they were the, like it, literally to this day, like some of my friends, they could play almost anything. I almost like hate them for it, right? Like anything they touch, they could turn to music, right? And so from keyboard, drums, bass guitar, electric guitar, acoustic, flute, violin. I'm like, they're just like really talented musicians. And uh, being around uh, singing groups, choirs, I did that in college and I did high school performances. And it wasn't until uh, probably college where I said, you know, like my real heart is more of an actor and being a performer than a musician. I can't play an instrument. And I would like feel that pain as I would see them do it. But I would be the one that would be a part of the singing group or or the the acting group or so forth. And finishing college, I gave myself permission to 
try it professionally. So I was going on auditions. I was going to acting classes. I was doing things in the Philadelphia area and New York area while I was getting my master's uh, to be a therapist. And I didn't see how it all connected, but I believe there was a connection. Once again, my faith part of me that, that allows me to believe things are happening even beyond me. And it sure did, right? So the ability to be present, to try things, to do improv, to be a part of a, a group that did, uh, you know, acting performances in a large church almost like two to three times a month, uh, to be a part, to do go auditions to New York and other places, it allowed me to say it's okay to be creative. And I think sometimes in the academic world, we kind of tell people to like, push that creative side away i mean we even on a larger side we even see how people have like we stopped funding the arts in lots of different places and i think like it, it was to embrace that and as i learned more about my family history i learned how my mom used to recite poetry and do those things and so i think it's there like i think my grandfather used to play an instrument so i think there were things that just said it's okay to be creative and integrate that into whatever you do. And so I think that's part of what got me to this place where I can be innovative and think outside the box or I don't even need a box. Yeah. A couple things I'm picking up from that. And just also from thinking about, you know, my experience of, of um, our work together at the council and just seeing how you operate there is, you know, kind of the two things that jumped out at me was one, your willingness to jump into things, like your willingness to try things, your, your uh, seeming willingness to fail at things and, and just kind of figure things out as you go. I think that's one very critical thing there about being innovative. And I think the second thing, and this was the part that I think I'm more getting from your story now is exposure. You know, is this idea that if you are surrounded by things that becomes part of the options that you kind of give yourself that like, if you see that there are people who are creative, you all of a sudden see that there's creativity as an option, right? Like, Oh, this person can just pick up instruments. Like it wasn't until, um, you know, I met somebody who could speak like five languages that I even believed something like that was possible. And I was like, 22 at the time when I first met that, uh, you know, came upon someone like that. And I was like, how, how is this, how do you keep that many languages in your, how do you do it? Right. And then like, anytime somebody tells me that they ran a marathon, I still like, I'm getting closer to believing that it's possible, but I still feel like everybody's lying to me. Like, I feel like they're like pretending right. that it's possible to run that 26, whatever miles. So I think exposure is a really big part of that. So I'm curious then, if those are two, and I'm sure there's other parts to it, but I'm kind of, I'm going to simplify it down and see those are the two things that I pick out in your role of trying to bring innovation at the council, or even when you're outside and you're thinking about your own career, how much of your focus is on the willingness to try things? That part I'm, I'm pretty sure is on the high side, but what about exposure? I mean, how much of your ability to convince others, persuade others, show people innovation that they can then readily accept is about kind of helping them to be exposed to these ideas to see if they're even possible. And is there, is that like one of your dominant strategies or is there something else that kind of helps you get the traction that you're trying to get? No, I love how you really crystallize that because I think that does apply, right? Yes. I, I think it is the willingness to just step out there and try it. And uh, I've been using a phrase like giving myself permission because internally it could be like, what if I fail? What if I get this wrong? And I do feel those things and I do get overwhelmed or anxious or, ner you know, nervous, and I don't like rejection. I don't like failure. But I also at some point have rec recognized that 
you just can't get to success or uh, to the other side if you don't really try. So I think a lot of times I'm trying to help people to say, like, it's okay. Like, I'll, I'll be here with you. I'll support you with it in this innovative, creative way. Let's do this together. And sometimes I didn't have that option. I just had to figure it out on my own. And then other times I realized there was so many guides, advisors, mentors around me that was willing to help nurture, nurture that part of me, which I think leads to the exposure is that I similar, like when I first traveled and I went to Paris and I saw the Eiffel Tower, it was like, it was different than like seeing it on the movies, right? It's like, wow, I saw this. Or, and then the belief that I can, I can do that. I can get there. And, and I would put myself in situations to be around other people within the field, outside of the field, coming from different disciplines. And I would, I love just being a student to learn from other people because that just makes me better. And that exposure, like even in the connections that you and I have had, I've learned so much from you because like, I'm willing, I'm willing to be exposed to your information. And I, I was always like that kid where like, I don't have to get in trouble uh, by experiencing it, right? I could see that you got in trouble and that's enough, right? Being exposed to what you did wrong was enough for me to learn from it. And I think that's just where I am in life. And what I think I'm trying to do, even in this role is that to expose people to say, yes, I've done this, but this is not overnight. I didn't, I didn't get an opportunity on the Today Show just because I just wanted to. Like there was a lot of work, a lot of things that I was exposed to relationships, uh, things that I thought was horrible, interviews that didn't go so well, interviews that were phenomenal. All of that was part of the exposure, but you don't do it. You don't get there if you don't really step out. And yeah, there's some places where I'm still nervous about, can I really do that? Like podcasting. But the only way to do it is to be around some giants in the field who are doing it. And I'm fortunate enough. I think that to me is one of the places where I feel really blessed is that I get connected to people who are giants in whatever thing that I'm about to do. People who have done great, amazing things, quality, high advanced level, and I learn. And then once I learn, I'm I'm more than willing to share to other people. You know, I really appreciate just so much of what what you just shared. Um, the the first of which is that I feel that your your combination of creativity and willingness to jump into things and willingness to, you know, expose yourself to different ideas and that combine that with your drive to help people and your drive to give people the gift of having that as well, that it's okay to fail, that you'll be right there with them, that you can expose them to things is like a really, um, I think it's one of the reasons why you then are open to meeting people who are willing to offer you those pathways because they see that you're, you're bringing it for the right reasons, right? Like, like in none of that, are you like, you know, Hey, here's how I advance my career. It's like, it's so much about like, here's how I advance the things that I'm passionate about, but it's in service of helping other people. And I think when you do things like that, you know, it opens the door for people to want to help back. Um, so I just, I really appreciate that part of it. Um, there, there's just, there's so much here. I want to talk a bit about, your, um, the opportunities that you've had and what it's been like for you to step into some of these situations, being on the today show, being the voice of radio ads and all of the different things that are kind of like the, the, the opportunities that are presenting themselves in front of you. You know, you mentioned sometimes you question whether or not 
you know, you're able to do that sort of thing. But I mean, as people can hear your voice right now, we can be pretty sure that your podcast is going to be killer. But, um, you know, I want to talk a bit about what that's been like for you personally. You know, you you seem to be very open to, to going into things. Um, but, you know, your experiences as a black male in this society are going to be different than, you know, for instance, someone like myself. Like, I have a different experience of living through this life than you do. I'm curious what some of your experiences have been like and how that relates to some of the work you're doing with athletes and entertainers. Like, what are some of the things that you're kind of test running on yourself a little bit to be able to, to bring that same sort of um, insight to the, to the groups that you're really trying to work with and help? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, thanks, Jeff. And I think like for me, it's been um, there are so many reasons why we can say we can't do something. Right. Like I, I talk about my parents and uh, I, I didn't I know I didn't come from a family where there were legacies, you know, that they, you know, were at a certain college. My, my parents were not college educated. They didn't even finish high school. Right? But they loved and they worked hard. And I and I saw that. And so, yes, yeah, some of my drive is like, I want them to know, even though like my, my father has passed and my mother has been ill, I want them uh, to know that their work and their heart, their sacrifice wasn't in vain. That's always just been something really personal for me that has been part of my drive. And from day one, I've had a, a really strong ambition. And what, what we face or what I face is this thought of like, but well, what if that's not possible for me? Uh, and I would go back and forth to like, oh, I don't know if I can do that to like, no, I totally can do that. Or I, I can envision that in my life. And I just started to lean more into, well, at least let's give it a shot. You know, when I, when I was going into uh, trying to be an actor professionally and seeing what that would look like, in my mind, my hindrance was like, well, what if I'm not the right type? What if race, uh, gender, body type, all these things that I thought would be successful, I would think through and I would like, oh, those, and I, I could easily use that to cancel me from even trying. And there would be a point where I, I would get to and say, well, the only way I'm going to know is if I just try it. What if I just happen to be that guy? What if I just happen to be in the right moment? And that would get me to the place where I would do it. And I, it doesn't mean like it would be automatic success. But once I start something, then I'm like, I want to keep going and I want to get better at it. And then I would have aspirations or I would have someone who would come and say something to me like, oh, man, that's so great that you did that. Or I remember like because I started to become an actor, there were other people who was like, wow, I've always wanted to do that. And just seeing that you did that, I'm going to go do it. Or the fact that now as a therapist that I can support people and help people through media and other ways, people are like, oh, I want that. So it was giving myself permission. And like, you know, the Today Show was one of those things that I've always kind of had on the vision board. And it's one of those things that you and I believe in. It was about relationships, right? Like I connected with somebody. We had a good connection that built up over time. And he called me on a, or actually texted me on a Tuesday, say, hey, are you available in two days to go to New York to do on, be on the Today Show? I was like, yes. I'm like, I'm moving whatever I need to do and I'm going to be there. And then he connected me with a producer. It had, it wasn't, I didn't like pitch them. I didn't reach out to them. It came to me because of the relationship. So I also fully believe hard work from my parents, sacrifice from my parents, put myself in position 
but building connections and that good things are going to happen. I'm not saying that bad things haven't happened to me because I have. I've had I've been rejected. I've been hurt. I've been treated mis, uh, on, uh, in an inappropriate way or unfairly. Times were, were based off of race and other things where I felt like opportunities didn't come my way. But at the same time, I still believe that good is going to happen. And I lean into that and I trust that. And for the most part, it continues to happen. I love it. It's like at the at the core of all of it, which is, you know, it, it's funny, like we've known each other now for what, like six months, a year, something like that, whatever it is. And we've had countless conversations now, but I feel like I, I'm getting to learn so much more about like what's at the core of what's driving you. And it's like, you look at, it's like relationships, helping people and giving yourself permission to, to try things. And, um, and it explains so much when you look at the, the variety of different work that you're doing. Um, but also likely some of the reasons why you've been so successful there, because I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to open the door for something like that. So one of your current initiatives that you and I've talked a lot about, and I, I want to learn more about it today and actually share with it for people who, who might be interested and who also might be interested in getting involved, uh, but is your work and your initiative to work with athletes and entertainers specifically with regard to the mental health issues that those groups of people tend to deal with. These could be things like parasocial relationships. It could be like fame complex. It could be uh, performance anxiety. It could be any number of different things. So take me through a little bit about how that idea came to be and then what exactly you're, you're out to do right now with that. Um, and then for those listening, if, if you fall into one of those categories, um, at the end, we'll, we'll try and provide some, uh, some opportunities for you to connect with uh, Dr. George James and, and potentially get involved with this. But so where did the idea come from and, and what exactly are you hoping to help people with there? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I started off this work with just an ability to connect with other men and young men. And it was just something that I was just really good at. And then that evolved to work with fathers uh, and family systems. Uh, and I guess it's somewhere in the, my, my mission in the work that I do it's always been about how do I help people who don't normally show up in therapy? How do I help people of color? How do I help men? And then that led me to like, how do I help athletes, entertainers? And, and you know, I shared how I've been in my own experience as an entertainer and have done th things and I would see it firsthand. And then I've been around athletes. You know, I went to a college where, you know, I went to Villanova where, you know, basketball and I was around some of those players. And I, even my roommate walked onto the team. So like I've been around athletes as well and played some sports, but not as much. And it just led me to like uh, this population of people that sometimes we just look to them to what they give to us. We look to them to how we can either see ourselves in them or how they make us feel or if they win or score or if they, if they perform at a high level, but they're people and they're dealing with things. And, and that's really what led me to this passion of wanting to create space uh, from therapy to mental health, mental wellness, uh, uh, opportunities to just uh, support athletes, entertainers, celebrities, high performers that sometimes I think get lost in their experience and what they have to do for others. And I just started to put it on my bio maybe many years ago, and I started to do more work from high school, college, professional, retired, from uh, semi-pro skateboard to ballet dancer, to singers, to celebrities, to uh, NBA, NFL, like 
and all these opportunities, I just continue to see people and that they're dealing with relationship struggles. They're dealing with like money challenges in ways that sometimes we think like, oh, they're, they're beyond that. No, they're not. They might have some other nuances to it, but that's just been my passion. And my goal is to create a place where athletes, entertainers, high performers, celebrities feel like that's a place I can go and get therapy. That's a place where I can go and get a mental wellness checkup, like grief. Or that's a place where I can get support with my performance anxiety or other challenges that allow me to be good in season, off season, on the stage, off the stage, wherever I am, I can be at my best because I got some support there. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned groups of people that may not typically come to therapy. And you mentioned men, people of color, um, and then you, you pivoted to athletes and entertainers. So I've always been fairly open about my mental health. I'm always willing to kind of talk about exactly how I'm feeling. I didn't go to therapy for a very long time, but you know, I've, I've since found my therapist and she's amazing and it's one of the best things I've ever done. So like I'm, I'm super pro mental health and I always have been. There's never been a point in my life where like I felt like there was some sort of weird stigma that I felt about it, but you're like in the trenches with it. And I'm curious whether or not you think there is a reason why, I mean, outside of the stigma of like mental health equal crazy and like the way that we characterize people who, who are dealing with mental health struggles, but it, is it getting better? Are, are we moving to a place where it feels like uh, talking about mental health is being more widely accepted? Are we doing anything to, um, you know, constructively deal with the forces of stigmatization, I guess that's a word. Is that the right word? Yeah, but, but like the, the prevailing idea that there's something wrong with you if, you, if you are dealing with a mental emotional struggle, you're dealing with people that are in very, very high pressure situations at times. Is there progress that's being made? Because I feel very out of the loop of it. I, I sense that there's a stigma out there. I sense that there's some, you know, pejorative ways of talking about mental health. But I personally have never really, and in my circles, that's never really been an issue. What are you seeing on the inside of it? Is this a conversation that's moving in the right direction? Are we stuck with kind of like, you know, headwinds against it? Like, where are we? I think that there's been tremendous progress. You know, I said, like, I've been at council for 17 years, doing this work for 19 years. And I've seen differences in, in all of those areas. I've seen more men come to therapy than ever before. I see more people of color. Uh, have uh, therapists and will talk about therapy. I was in uh, spaces where I've been around black men in particular, and out of like 12 of them, 10 of them had therapists, which at one point that was just not heard of, right? And, and so, and I think the same thing is happening for athletes and entertainers where they, they can realize I can be at my best my optimal best if at home with at, at work or sport or wherever with some help and support. And a lot of people are okay with the idea of getting a coach or a trainer, right? Like no matter what discipline, oh yeah, I have a trainer, I, you know, I have a coach. It's the same thing, right? We're just helping you with your emotional and mental well-being. And I think once people lock into that, they've been more willing. And honestly, that's another reason why the work that I do in the public face, a public facing way, like where people will say like, oh, there's a black therapist, there is a therapist, there is a, a male therapist, whatever category I fit for people, it helps folks to realize like, oh, it's okay. And I think that even with the, the athletes and entertainers that I work with, 
they've been very open. I was on uh, <laughs> a session with a client and he was just happened to be out. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to my therapist right now. It was like just out. Right. And and, and I've had uh, where players where they're like, oh, yeah, I got to go talk to Doc right now. Right. Like there's a way that people just are saying it. And I think that's helping. With that said, there are some people who are still, I would say, in the Stone Age, where as people are opening up, they are uh, ridiculing them and making them feel negative. Like, I, you know, I think Dak Prescott a few weeks ago talked about like him experiencing depression. Paul George expressed that as an NBA. Kevin Love, like other folks who have shared this, right? Even Michael Phelps has shared some of his his challenges. But then there's people who say, oh, they're not strong or that's weak. And that is the mindset that we're working against. And I think the more people that opt into therapy and mental health, the less we will hear of those voices. And I think that there's huge progress so far. You know, the craziest part about that to me is I have never felt stronger than after going to therapy. That like that is the most absurd thing about it, to think that going to therapy is weak. I think I the point at which I was weakest in my life was when I was really, really down, like post-divorce, business was struggling, and I couldn't find a therapist to talk to, never felt weaker. I have never felt stronger than after I went through, you know, after the three or six months of like, you know, uh, talking to my therapist, like every, every, you know, month, every two weeks, whatever, I worked out all sorts of stuff that like was in my way that stopped me from being the strongest and most, um, you know, empowered version of myself that was able to like forgive myself for things in the past. That was able to work through issues that was stopping me from, from taking on challenges that I probably should have. So that whole mindset to me is just like, it's completely backwards. Like it's, it's the most absurd thing. It's like, oh, you can, you add more plates onto onto the bar and you can lift it. You're so weak. Like, no, no, I actually am now able to lift more. It just, it does not, it boggles my mind. It does. And I agree. And it's, it's also like our, you know, these, these boxes that we put ourselves in. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a person of color? What does it mean to be an athlete, celebrity? And that what we've seen, even this year with all the challenges, is that sometimes we have to like break down and remove those barriers. What does it mean to work? Well, we can work from home. You don't have to be in person, right? Like those barriers are gone. Or what is it? What is like reconciling racial injustice or reconciling misinformation or misconnection? Like there's a way that we can do that. And I think that that's the same thing around the stigma around mental health is that like, no, like, like you said, like you can be stronger, you can be better, you can be whole if you embrace it and if you do that. And I think some people have done it even some athletes in, that I've worked with and some celebrities, and they're like, you know what? This is actually making me better. <laughs> like, and sometimes we're not even talking about their career or their work. We're really just talking about them and their life and the deeper parts of what's going on. And that makes them perform better in whatever they're doing. In like all of this, you, there's like this commonality of the, you know, you, you kind of talked about when you said about being open, um, like giving yourself permission right? Like this idea of like being willing to fail, being open and vulnerable, like all of these things are giving yourself permission to have an opportunity for growth. And you mentioned the the issues around like racial justice in the world and everything. I think a lot of people have had like a serious reckoning this year and, and had to confront a lot of stuff. And I think the people who are going to wind up navigating that and, and having the most success and becoming better people and having better relationships are the ones that are willing to say, look, I don't know. I, I need help. I got to ask questions. Like, 
you know, you, you've been extremely instrumental for me in, in allowing me to ask questions that, you know, in some cases I might be uncomfortable to ask and you're, you're very good about helping me to navigate some of these things. And the, the feedback you gave me on like, for instance, the superhero manifesto, I know I've told you and thanked you for this like several times now, but like, it really was amazing. And I think, um, it's given me a more complete way of thinking about things and seeing things through eyes outside of my own. And I think that there's like a, a through line there throughout this entire episode about this willingness and this openness to kind of step outside of your comfort zone so that you can grow. And, um, and whether that's, you know, going to therapy and being vulnerable there or, um, you know, uh, trying new things that you might've been scared of or asking questions to somebody in, in an effort of growing. Like, I just think there's so much, um, that I'm taking away from this episode as, as a, uh, single through line among all the different things we've talked about that I I think that openness and willingness and giving yourself permission um, to put yourself in spaces where you can grow is, is really like one of the unifying things that I'm getting out of this episode. No, I appreciate that. And even it's a encouragement to me, right. To remind myself, because there's some things I'm trying, right. There's some things that I'm thinking about for the next level, you know, from the podcast and from right. You know, like I've been a part of book projects, but I'm trying to work on my solo project. Right. And, Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of times where it's it can be tough and hard or there is another edit or another challenge. And sometimes I have to come back to the place of like giving myself permission and, you know, to the same thing. Like, you know, I'm I'm willing to give to others because so many have give, uh, people have given to me and continue to show up for me. And I just believe in that reciprocity. I believe in that give and take. And and it just it has been so beneficial. And. I'm, I'm so appreciative, like, you know, you and I, like, there's, like, as much as you say that you gained from that moment, which I was glad to be of help, I've also gained a lot, right? Like, look, look at my camera set up. Like, I, I got that encouragement, right? Right. And some of that was through our conversations or the, you know, you were one of those people who, and I've had some people in my life who said, hey, George, man, your voice is something that you really need to to, to think about using in a bigger way. And, you know, like I would hear it and sometimes it could be easy to dismiss, but when you hear things in multiple times and in, mul- in a close uh, kind of time period, if you allow yourself and you give yourself permission, you can say like, well, maybe there's something there. And so guess what? I upgraded my mic, right? Like I'm moving forward in these ways of saying, I've always fantasized about the thought of doing some voiceover work or doing some things with my voice, but why not? give myself a chance and permission to say, let's see what happens. And, and I think that's where I am. And, and that's what I try to do for people. That's what I try to do for my clients. That's what I try to do for athletes and entertainers is like, it's okay to, to be vulnerable with me right now. It's okay for you to pivot to a new career. It's okay to talk about that you really want to be with your partner, but every message you get is telling you that you should be with a whole bunch of people. It's all right. And that's a part of my goal is to help people in that place. Yeah. It's a kind of a chicken and an egg situation when you brought up the kind of like, um, you know, people being generous with you. It's like, if I had to place my bets and I'm not a betting man, but if I had to, I would guess that you probably gave first to whoever those people are. And then, you know, there's, there's something there about don't wait for somebody else to give to you before you give back. Just, just put it out there. Well, I want to spend the the remainder of the episode talking a little bit about your podcast because um, it's I know it's not out yet, but I know you've been doing work on it. And I and I every time we talk, I, what's going on with the podcast, man? So I, this this conversation would be no different from any of our prior ones if I didn't ask you what's going on with the podcast. Where do you stand with it? When do you think it's going to be coming out? 
And, you know, what can people expect from, uh, from hearing Dr. George James speak? Yeah, Jeff, I appreciate that accountability because that's also what helps. And my hope is that like, I love this conversation and what we've been able to gain from it. And I would love to just, my podcast uh, goal is to have conversations with those people that I, we were talking about, athletes, entertainers, celebrities, high performers, and have just really in-depth, great, open, fun conversations where we get to learn more about them. Not, not necessarily about how did they get to the professional level? How did they get to, you know, playing, you know, professional hockey or basketball or being center stage somewhere? That, yes, that's great. And I hope to talk about some of that. But I wanted to know, like, well, how have you navigated your romantic life while being in season? Uh, what were some of the challenges? What was the best coach or mentor you had? I want to be able to have a full conversation. And I think that if we can talk about their life and their mental health and mental wellness, then one, that's good. And that's a great conversation. And two, I think as they fight their stigma, if it also helps us to fight our stigma. If we can see somebody that maybe we respect and look up to, I think that also allows us to say, well, maybe we can do that too. And that's my hope with the podcast, to have great, honest conversations with athletes, entertainers, celebrities, and high performers. And in terms of when can it be out, I'm hoping 2021. I think the first stage was getting uh, the material and equipment together. I think now really working on the format. And then hopefully, you know, through great friends like you, uh, I can have some really amazing guests on the podcast. And, and so I'm going to be working on the format and the guests. And uh, hopefully uh, early 2021, it can be out. So, uh, you know, I'll be coming back for your help and support and uh, a way to just promote uh, when, it, when it's ready to go. Rocking. Well, I'll be sure to let all of the shareable listeners know um, in the future when, when it's going to be coming out, I'll be sure to promote it and let them know to go and subscribe to your show. Um, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And, and just from the standpoint of like, um, you know, the, the, the removing the stigma part, you brought up Dak Prescott earlier. And um, I think I've told you I'm, a, I'm an enormous Eagles fan. So anything Cowboys is strictly. But when he um, when he revealed that, you know, he was dealing with some pretty serious depression after his brother's suicide and all that, it was like I couldn't even hate on the dude anymore because I was like, you know what? I respect the hell out of that to like put that out there. And because like he was no longer like this, like he wasn't a cowboy at that point. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't wasn't the Cowboys quarterback. He was just a human being that was dealing with a thing. And I was like, man, why do you have to make it so hard for me to hate you now? Like you're, you're like the enemy quarterback. And anyway, so I, I, I agree with you there. I think um, that's kind of the benefit of all the vulnerability and the, and the sharing and the openness is that it gives other people permission. It, it makes it visible. It exposes people to it. It makes it not so other. And um, I just really appreciate all the work that you're doing there. Um, all of your innovative work, all your work with helping people to, to feel like they belong and they, they have the, the permission to, to try new things. Um, your work with athletes and entertainers, and I, and I look forward to the podcast. So, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, long time in the making getting you on the show, and, and I'm sure we'll do more of these in the future. Um, for people that want to know more about your work with athletes and entertainers, let's start there. How can they get in touch with you if they're interested in being part of the podcast project or even just talking with you a little bit about their unique experiences or in, in any other way that th this show piqued their curiosity? How can they get in touch with you uh, best for that work specifically? 
you know, once again, thanks. And this has been awesome. And it's helped spark a lot of ideas from, for myself. Um, the best way that people can reach me is uh, if they go to my website, <clears throat> georgetalks.com. Um, that's a, when you go there, there's a contact form. There's a way that you can reach out to me that comes directly to me. Um, you can also reach me through social media. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram handles are at George Talks. Uh, and then you can also go to the Council for Relationships website, which is councilforrelationships.org. Any of those ways, you'll find a way to contact me, reach out to me. I would love to hear your story or to be able to connect. And, you know, as Jeff mentioned, if this is uh, something where you connect with the podcast idea, I would love to, you know, talk about having you on. Awesome. And I will be sure to put all of that stuff in the show notes. Um, on the other side of things, for all of the other work that you're doing, all the other projects, if somebody wants to have you on their podcast, they want to bring you out to speak, if they want to, you know, they, they have a loved one or a friend that they feel could benefit from uh, an interaction with you, what, what are the best ways there? Is that still the same thing? Hit, up, hit you up on George Talks or is there anything else that you want to let people know about right now? Yeah, that's definitely the best way, georgetalks.com, because uh, if it's media related, I have a media page. You can go there. You can see my one pager, bio, headshots, the whole nine, uh, electronic press kit. If it's to reach out for services, uh, it's there. Uh, some of the work that I've been doing a lot of that I'm really passionate about is media consultant. Uh, I, I love being able to bring my information and knowledge about media, as well as work of uh, mental health and therapy to that world. And so if, if that's a place where you would need some support or assistance, please reach out to me. And like I said, Instagram and Twitter is at George Talks. Website is georgetalk.com or at councilforrelationships.org. Those are ways that you can reach me. And, uh, you know, as they often say, like, you could also Google me and <laughs> you might find some, some way to connect with me. But I, I would love any way that I could be of assistance or service. Uh, please let me know. That's cool. I, I used to say, um, and, and I have no intention of ever working for somebody else ever again. I uh, made that mistake too many times in my life. But I used to say, if I did have to go and interview for a job, I wouldn't bring a resume. I would probably walk in in a superhero t-shirt and jeans, and I would just slide one sheet of paper across the table to them, and it would just have my name on it. And I would say, Google me. Because go. I got, I have so much stuff on the web that it's like, if that doesn't tell you enough about me, no resume is going to help you otherwise. So um, I appreciate that. And I think that's a super baller move. Um, so again, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was exactly as awesome as I thought it would be. Uh, I encourage everybody that's listening to go and check out uh, everything that George is up to. Um, and when his podcast drops, you should definitely subscribe to it. I think we covered a lot here about mental health, about giving yourself permission, um, about you know the, the nature of innovation, the sort of stressors that people... Uh, of, of all walks of life can be under and, and how paying attention to your mental well-being and health uh, can be a really good thing for you. So I think all in all, this was an episode that you should tell other people about. It's the sort of episode that I would say is probably shareable. Shareable is a production of me, Jeff Gibbard, the Superhero Institute, and the Shareable Podcast Network, which you can find at shareable.fm. We hope you've enjoyed this show. Please go over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. If you love the show, please subscribe, tell your friends about it, and as always, share the episode because this podcast is, of course, shareable.